When you visit a new town and your budget allows it, are you the sort of person who wants to visit a typical restaurant? Or do you ask for the best place to eat? When you are in charge of hiring someone for your team, do you ask for the average resume? Or do you screen out all but the very best qualified people? With limited time or opportunity to experiment, we intentionally narrow our choices to those at the top. In short, only the best. Hello, October! We're in the last quarter of 2017. Can you believe it? I'm Emily F. Iman. Welcome to Rescuing Mondays, the podcast for those who are unemployed, by choice, or by chance. For those who are underemployed or unhappily employed. For those who are just graduating into the world of work. And for those who love the work they do, that they want to inspire others. And ultimately, for those who want to experience God in their life and in their workplace. This podcast was created with the belief that there is a better way to see work and to work. My goal here is to encourage and inspire professionals just like you, no matter where you are in your professional, personal, or spiritual journey. If you have just started listening in and you're not quite sure what this podcast is about, go on, scroll down, and listen to episode 00. As I mentioned in the earlier episode of this podcast, God has not limited His work to the confines of the church. He is at work throughout His creation, and that includes your workplace. God desires to work through you. He has chosen you to be involved with Him in establishing His kingdom rule there. Not only will God be working in you to want to do His will, but He also will be working in you to accomplish it. But before being able to really be used by God, we first need to clear the clutter. That's why the first few episodes is foundational to the intent of this podcast because until we're sure that we are where we need to be at this season, we will not be able to fully experience God in our life and we will not be able to share that experience with the people in our workplace. In building a career, not a job, we talked about that it is you who determine your attitude and not your day, not your boss, and not your situation. In episode 2, we talked about on-the-job reality check. During the honeymoon stage of a job or career, it's always fun, then the dip happens. How you respond to the dip matters. Should you quit or stick it out? Just last week, we talked about when quitting is the best option. In that episode, I gave you a rundown of when not to quit and when to quit. If you haven't listened to that episode, pause this one and come back to this when you're done. It is imperative for you to know when to quit because quitting does not necessarily mean leaving. Why are we exactly quitting? So we can become the best in the world. Best as in best for them, for our employers or customers right now based on what they believe and what they know. In the world as in their world, the world our employers and customers have access to. Anyone who is going to hire you, buy from you, recommend you, vote for you, or do what you want them to do is going to wonder 
if you're the best choice. So let's say if I'm looking for a freelance accountant, I want the best accountant, of course. And by best, I mean someone who is available, who can find a way to work with me at a price I can afford. That's my best in the world. So the term world is a pretty flexible term. The mass market is dying. There is no longer one best song or one best kind of coffee or one best employee. There are a million micro markets, but each micro market still has a best. If your micro market is, say, hands on consultancy and training in Negros, then that's your world. And being the best in that world is the place to be. The term best is subjective. The employer or the consumer gets to decide and not you. The term world can actually be selfish. It's the world they define based on their convenience or their preferences. So while it's more important than ever to be the best in the world, it's also easier if you pick the right thing and do it all the way. Truth is, you can be the best in the world if you want to be. But if you've been frustrated in the route you're taking to get there, then you need to start doing some quitting. Choose your attitude, adjust your expectations, quit being fine, quit mediocrity, complacency and boredom, quit the wrong stuff, leave the dead ends, stick with the right stuff, and start being the best. You're listening to Episode 4, Three Major Questions to Ask Before Quitting and Become the Best in the World. But first, a true story. When Michael Crichton gave up medicine, he had already graduated from Harvard Medical School and done a post-doctoral fellowship study at the Salk Institute of Biological Studies, guaranteeing him a lucrative career as a doctor or as a researcher. But you know what he did? He traded it for the unpredictable life of an author. Crichton did not relish the future of a medical career regardless of how successful he might become at it. He saw that just because he had already gotten into Harvard, already earned a fellowship, he did not have to spend the rest of his life doing something he did not enjoy in order to preserve his pride. Crichton had no stomach for cutting people open, and he decided he did not relish the future a medical career would bring him regardless of how successful he might become at it. So, he quit. Here's another story. I am a big, big fan of suits. My favorite is, of course, Harvey Specter. Harvey is the best in his world. Any lawyer can be like Harvey, except they are not. Not because they aren't smart enough or because they come from the wrong family. Nope. The reason that most of them are not like Harvey Specter is that somewhere along the way, they quit. They did not quit high school or college or law school. Instead, they quit in their quest to be the best in the world because the cost just seemed too high. In order to get as far as he's gotten, Harvey quit countless other pursuits. Just watch Suits and you'll know why. Crichton quit medical school and pursued his passion of being an author. You really can't try to do everything, especially if you intend to be the best in the world. Because of Crichton, we now have Jurassic Park and ER. Harvey Specter quit being mediocre and instead went on to become the best in his world. Believe it or not, quitting is often a great strategy, a smart way to manage your life and your career. Sometimes though, 
Quitting is exactly the wrong thing to do. It turns out that there's a pretty simple way to tell the difference. Thanks to Seth Godin for giving us these questions to ask ourselves. Question number one. Am I panicking? Quitting is not the same as panicking. Panic attacks us. It grabs us. Quitting when you are panicked is very risky. When the pressure is greatest to compromise, to drop out, or to settle, your desire to quit should be at its lowest. The decision to quit is often made in the moment, but that's exactly the wrong time to make such a critical decision. The best quitters are the ones who decide in advance when they're going to quit. Without a compass or a plan, the easiest thing to do is to give up. While that might be the easiest path, it's also the least successful one. You can always quit later, so wait until you're done panicking to decide. Question number two. Who am I trying to influence? Are you trying to get a job or be successful in your field? If you are considering quitting, it's almost certainly because you are not being successful at your current attempt at influence. If you're in sales and if you have called a prospect a dozen times without much success, you're frustrated and considering giving up. Or if you are marketing a product that doesn't seem to be catching on, you're wondering if you should abandon this product and try another. Or if you've got a boss who just won't let up, you're considering quitting your job. Influencing one person is like scaling a wall. If you get over the wall the first few tries, you're in. If you don't, Often, you'll find that the wall gets higher with each attempt. Changing someone's mind is difficult, if not impossible. Persistence in influencing one person has its limits. There's a fine line between being committed and being a pest. Know the difference. Maybe it's time for you to quit. Influencing a market or an industry, on the other hand, is more of a hill than a wall. You can make progress one step at a time. As you get higher, it actually gets easier. People in the market talk to each other. They are influenced by each other. So every step of progress you make actually gets amplified. Persistence may pay off after a while. Question number three. What sort of measurable progress am I making? If you are trying to succeed in a job, a relationship, at a task, you are either moving forward falling behind, or standing still. After each day's work, ask yourself whether you are moving forward, falling behind, or standing still. Simply surviving is not succeeding at all. To succeed, you've got to make some sort of forward progress, no matter how small. Too often, we get stuck in a situation where quitting seems too painful, so we just stay with it. That choice, sticking with it in the absence of forward progress, is actually a waste. It's a waste because of opportunity loss. You could be doing something far better and far more pleasurable with your time. Please note too that measurable progress doesn't have to be a raise or a promotion. It can be more subtle than that. Ever heard of he who can be trusted with little is entrusted with much? Yes, progress can start with you being entrusted with more responsibilities even with the same salary and rank. Quitting a job is not quitting your quest to make a living or a difference or an impact. Quitting a job does not have to mean giving up. A job is just a tactic. 
a way to get to what you really want. As soon as your job hits a dead end, it makes sense to quit and take your quest to a bigger marketplace because every day you wait puts your goal further away. Being the best in what you do, where you are, means people listen to you. You have a voice. Needless to say, you are being looked up to. Wouldn't this be a good place for you to start sharing the kingdom agenda? To really becoming an ambassador for Christ? Experiencing Him in your life and in your workplace? Let me leave you with this quote from Alisa Kitten. The call on your life has more to do with becoming who you were created to be than what you can do for God. If this episode has been helpful to you, go ahead and subscribe so that you don't miss the next one. Also, be sure to leave a review and a 5-star rating because these are really super helpful for others to find this podcast. Come find me on Instagram at emiluiman and at emiluiman.com. I would love to connect with you there. Before you switch gears and go back to work, or tackle the rest of your day or enjoy your pleasant evening, let me tell you about a grand narrative. It's epic, remarkable, and redemptive. God created something good. We fell into sin. Jesus made it right. One day, God will make all things new. God created something good. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and everything in it. God looked over all He had made and He saw that it was very good. You included. Even if you don't believe this, it doesn't make this truth less true. We fell into sin. As it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside together. We have become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. Because of sin, all humanity is separated from God. But Jesus Christ made it right. Jesus came, paid the penalty on our behalf through death on the cross. He was crucified and rose from the dead. He ascended to the heaven and sent the Holy Spirit to empower us. Christ redeemed us. He made it right. And one day, God will make all things new. A day is coming when Christ will return. He will complete His new creation with a new heaven and a new earth. A place with no tears, no pain, no suffering, no brokenness, just love. God will make all things new. Meanwhile, God invites us to join Him in His redemptive work of restoring all things. Have you responded to His invitation? If not, do it right now. Pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, God Almighty, please save me from my sins. I know I fall short of your glory, but I don't want there to be any distance between you and me anymore. I believe that you gave your life on the cross to pay for my sins. I believe that you rose in victory from the grave. Forgive me for all my sin. Wash all the guilt and shame away. Jesus, make me alive in you. I receive you as my Savior and Lord, and I want to follow you all the days of my life. Thank you for finding me and saving me. I believe it. I receive it. Amen. As always, I hope our time together has helped you see that there is a better way to see work and to work, and that God has a plan for your workplace. All you have to do is ask Him to help you see it. Until the next one, I am Emily Lou and this has been Rescuing Mondays. Thank you for listening.